If you're new to French polishing, or maybe if you've tried it before and the results weren't quite what you hoped for, maybe the process was scary or intimidating or confusing, then I'm so glad you're here because today we're launching a brand new series called French Polishing Fundamentals. Uh, at this point, it looks like it's gonna be about seven videos. This is video number one today to sort of lay the groundwork and kick things off. And the reason I'm so excited to share it is because this little series contains many of the key foundational, um, just core bits of information that really helped transform my personal process from something that I was struggling with in the beginning that was confusing and stressful to something that I look forward to and it's a peaceful process and I always feel good and confident that the results are gonna be great. And my hope is that after you've seen this series, it's really gonna help you and have a similar transformational effect in your process of French polishing and in the results you get. So let's get started. My name's Tom Bills and welcome to The Art of Loom 3. So glad you decided to check out this video. This is part one of the seven part French Polishing Fundamental series. If you're not subscribed yet, consider subscribing so that you'll be notified when each of the videos is released. Now this first video, just to give you a little background on it, um, in this video I'm going to share some of my story. It involves me poisoning myself, lighting my guitar shop on fire, and other various crazy parts of the journey and the adventure as I found my way into French polishing, why I decided to switch to French polishing, all of its, not all, but many of its benefits and, and just kind of giving you some background and framework as we go forward through the other videos so you'll kind of understand the context of how this crazy adventure unfolded for me and maybe you can pick up a few things and not repeat some of the mistakes that I made. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think that covers it. Let's go ahead and get started with part one of the French Polishing Fundamentals series. I wanted to begin a little bit with just kind of giving you a little background about me. Uh, my name's Tom Bills, in case you haven't, uh, in case you didn't know. Um, you probably do though, because I think most of you are probably at least subscribed to the Art of Luthery free newsletter. And um, I know there's some Luthier's Edge members in here too. So I know you guys know who I am because we talk all the time. I've been, I started making guitars in 1998, I think. Yeah, in about 1998, uh, professionally. And um, made over a hundred so far. And uh, I don't know, around 2012, I launched The Art of Luthery because I was getting lots of phone calls and uh, emails about people that wanted to apprentice or whatever. So I thought I'll start a blog and then I can answer questions, but that made more questions. And I started realizing how much I enjoyed helping people. And then I started the, the Luthier's Edge, I think in 2015, I'm not sure. Um, and that's just been one of the joys of my life to get to help people who were stuck and when I when I was I was really struggling at the beginning of my career and I felt lost and confused and I was kind of freaked out and worried that my guitar wasn't going to turn out good and all this stuff and so to be able to um, to help some people 
not feel that way and get some confidence and figure some stuff out and skip some of those bad parts is it's incredible and I love it. And so I'm hoping that this will be a mini version of that for you guys here today. Um, so, okay, French polishing specifically here. I got a little bit of a background of how that all happened. So I'm gonna try to boil this down. There's some articles on the Art of Luthery blog um, where you can, um, there's one, I think it was called Why I Switched to French Polishing uh, that's on there that you may have seen where I kind of tell this story a little bit, but um, I, there was a few things that led me to this. Number one, I was spraying nitrocellulose for years and I had a really good system, I got great results, but it's so toxic. And part of the reason that led me to this, and this might be happening to you too, is that you're looking for a natural, non-toxic way that you can make your guitar beautiful and sound better if possible, which the shellac does, um, without killing yourself, right? <laughs> so I, I was reading, um, you know, this was way back, it's probably early 2000s or something, and I was reading about uh, this article about Jimmy D'Aquisto and John D'Angelico, and I saw they both died around like 50 years old or some really young age like that, and I was like, man, that's, of course, and I read the article and then I saw a picture of Jimmy spraying his nitro with no mask or anything on, and I was like, I don't know if there's a connection there, but I'm picking up something here that I need to like find another way, because I'd really like to live much longer than that. <laughs> so. Um, then, not long after that, I was in the spray room. I, I had my uh, mask on, I had a full face mask on, and I was spraying, and I didn't realize it, but my exhaust fan, something went wrong and it turned off in the middle of my session. I was spraying like, I don't know, six guitars. So I was in there for a long time. The whole thing filled up with a cloud of fumes and somehow got into my bloodstream and I got poisoned from it basically, and, and it was bad. It was really bad, like hospital bad. Um, so that was a wake-up call. Shortly after that, a spark accidentally ignited some overspray that was in my spray room and lit my workshop on fire. That was another wake-up call. <laughs> I needed a lot of wake-up calls for some reason. I don't know what my problem was. It's because I just didn't know how to switch, I think. Okay, so then I said, all right, I'm gonna French polish. So then I got as many French polishing materials as I could, and I started trying all the different things that everybody said, and I just couldn't get good results. It just wasn't working. And the, the reason for that I know now is because you've gotta find the way that works the best for you, and we're gonna talk about that as we go. I'm sure that'll come up as we go through this. But I struggled, and I struggled, and I finally figured a few things out. I was doing okay, and then thankfully around 2007, I think, um, I had an opportunity to go learn from uh, a luthier named Eugene Clark, who most people regard as one of the best French polishers ever. And he ended up being my biggest mentor and my good friend. Unfortunately, he's passed away since then. But um, he literally changed my life, so I will, I will always be indebted to him for sure. Um, but uh, when I went and studied with him, um, it was amazing. I mean, he opened my eyes to a lot of things. He helped me. A lot of what I'm going to teach you is what he showed me there. I've kind of modified things, which is good to do. You want to modify stuff. So this can be a starting point for you. You know, be open to what seems right to you um, and modify as you need. That's one of the keys, I think. It's really hard to do. This is art. And that's why my course is called The Art of French Polishing, because uh, you have to take that artistic approach. This isn't 
like someone else's steps may not work exactly perfect for you. And, and I put that in the course a lot, is, uh, is trying to help people just become an artist, a luthier in their own right, a French polisher in their own right, not just following my steps or somebody else's. I think that's important. But um, one key thing that I wanted to mention about this story too is there's this emotional roller coaster that I went on and I think a lot of us go on when we're trying to learn French polishing or guitar making or really any creative thing. And it's, it's that I was struggling and I was in this place of darkness kind of. And then I went to go study from Eugene and I was thrilled. I was in his workshop and he was showing me stuff. And of course it all works perfect when you're in the class or the workshop. Then I get back to my I'm still riding high. I get back home to my workshop. I begin working on a guitar that I'm French polishing. All of a sudden I run into a whole bunch of things and I'm right back to being stuck again. And I know that a lot of people go through this because I've helped thousands of people um, over the years through the art of Luthery and uh, the Luthier's Edge. And something I hear a lot is people will go to a course and then everything makes sense and then they get back and try to do it and then they're stuck. And so they'll join the Luthier's Edge so that I can help them. And I think really that's one of the master keys to, to making this all work. And that's what's been so thrilling about the Luthier's Edge and um, is that there's a, you need to connect the head knowledge. You gotta realize the head knowledge is different from the knowledge where you've assimilated and incorporated that and it's your own and you're really creating. And um, one of the things that helps translate the knowledge from the head to the hands or to the heart or whatever, however you want to think about it, um, is having somebody to talk to and ask when you get stuck. I mean, you just really need it. We all actually need each other and we can't learn everything off of Google or YouTube or whatever. It's just, we're trying as hard as we can, I think as a society, but we still need each other and we need to talk to each other. And that's what made the difference in my career and that's what I'm doing my best to provide different ways to help you guys either through the Art of Luthery newsletter and articles through the Luthier's Edge and even through my one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching stuff. So there's something there. As those are my attempts to make it so I can help people as much as possible in whatever way they need. Um, so I think I'm getting off track, so let me, let me refocus here. Okay, so that's, that's a little bit about my um, journey and kind of how I've come to realize these things and, and, and it's been amazing to watch, to be able to help so many other people um, improve their French polishing and things like that. Um, oh, the one last thing I wanted to tell you is, if you get a chance to test in guitar making anything in general, but finishing in general, the one thing I wanna mention before I move on about my story is there was a specific guitar, and I mentioned this in one of my articles, there was a specific guitar, it was a nylon string. I sprayed it with nitro, it was a very thin coat of nitro, and it was, it was, I was happy with the thickness of the coat and everything. I didn't feel like it was affecting the sound. I was really happy with the guitar. And I, for whatever reason, it was just fate, it was my destiny or something. I ended up keeping that guitar a little longer than usual because a lot of times, uh, you know, for most of my career, my waiting list was at least three years long. So when I finished one, everybody wanted it immediately. So I have little time with it usually. But in this case, I had a few weeks. And so I played that guitar every day and I really spent time listening to it and trying to learn from it. I was really happy with it. And then the day I was about to ship it, I went to go put it into the guitar case. And when I did, the light just caught in a weird angle and I saw these little tiny bubbles around all the pores. And I know now that it's called bridging and I think the problem was probably that I had the wrong thinner that I used. And, but I didn't know that then. So what I did, I freaked out first. <laughs> then I stripped the guitar and I just French polished the top. 
when the strings went back on and I played it, I was completely amazed. At that point, it was undeniable to me that the French polishing, um, not only is it non-toxic, like we mentioned before, so you won't end up in the hospital like I did from the nitro, um, but the guitar sounds like infinitely better. It's just amazing, these, the improvement. I wouldn't believe you if, if I hadn't heard it. If you were telling me this story and I didn't hear it, I'd be like, oh, it probably sounds a little better, but, but I can't describe to you the way that it became so much more alive and it developed, uh, the only word I can think of is like a voice. And um, it was just amazing. That was a tur another turning point for me that made me go all in on this and figure this out. The good news is that your road to figuring out hopefully is gonna be a lot easier than, than what I went through. So now you have a little bit of background onto how this whole thing unfolded for me. And in the next video, we're gonna get into some of the fundamental concepts. We're gonna start building a foundation and going deeper into those key aspects and principles that really have helped to transform the French polishing process for me and for many of my students in the Luthier's Edge. And uh, my hope is that it's going to do the same for you. So stay tuned for the next video and I'll see you then.